Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, Miniatures Gaming Podcast. All right. So I know we buy ourselves presents all year. So of I mean, course. you can kind of like you can kind of think about Christmas all year, but like in the last few years, this like I, I don't know if I call it a toy. It's more of a decoration appeared. Pretty sure you know uh-huh. what it is. It's it's that elf on the shelf toy. Yes. Yep. I don't think kids are meant to play with it. It's just meant to like scare them or something because it's like out of their reach. I think it's and supposed it to creep around. them out. Yeah. Yeah. Does it move? Yeah, you're supposed to like move it around the house. Oh, so the kids is, it is a like, joke against your, your children. Oh my God. Now yeah. I used to not like it, but now I'm I'm starting to enjoy it more. <laughs> oh, okay. You're gonna you're gonna get one for your nieces or <laughs> no, I'm gonna give it to, to my my sisters. So they can mm. <laughs> lay it around for them. Uh-huh. Well, only one of my sister, but my other sister, they're, they're, her kids are too old, but yeah. Uh, okay. But the thing is like, you think about that, you're like, yeah, that's an elf. But then you go and you like, you pick up GW stuff or you watch like the Lord of the Rings. Like, wait a minute. Well, I didn't really think of it until like recently. It was like, wait, we just accept that that's an elf. And then this other yeah. like super tall pale thing is an elf. Super godly pale thing that's supposed to be superior to humans in so many different ways. Yeah, it's like how how did we how do we just accept this? But but apparently we have accepted that there's like two versions of elves. And when you think about that elf on the shelf, right? Like uh-huh. that elf, like is clearly not just some like useless little like puppy thing. It, it yeah, has yeah. some sort of magical powers to teleport around the house. And creep out your children. And creep creep out children. And it's basically immortal. It comes back every year the same age. So, like, yep. it's, not, it's not this powerless little creature. It's, like, it's clearly superior yeah. to us humans. <laughs> but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I think about it, when I, when I was thinking about this, uh, it kind of made me realize that uh, there's one man to blame. Santa? And that is... No, okay. <laughs> Two men um, to blame. Okay. And Santa and J.R.R. Tolkien. Well, the thing is, Santa and J.R.R. Tolkien actually like have different. <gasps> Maybe elves. they're the same person. He uh, went to the North Pole to write those books. No, wait. No, because the, the problem is they have the, the two entirely different uh, conception of elves. Yeah. And so our, our podcast uh, for this uh, week is. Uh, how Tolkien ruined elves, or did he? Uh-huh. So there's a whole history of elves. I- I'm pretty sure we can just go ahead and, well, I can go ahead and start butchering it if we want. All right, let's uh, do it. So I, I neglected to uh, do research. I-, I did do research about this a long time ago, uh, but um, I've forgotten it already. So it's up to you. Okay. So obviously, like, we don't have perfect internet histories of everything that was like created throughout yeah that's why it's on the internet so you all the folklore yeah, it's on the internet of course yeah yeah with, and that, with that makes reference articles that's the, that's the new rule yeah i think like the really really old references of elves go all the way back to like north norse mythology uh-huh. and they they kind of developed divided their elves into like light elves and dark elves of course, they've been called them that. They had much longer, more complicated names. I think this is one of those things, though, that, as I understand it, there's a bunch of different types of elves and conceptions yeah. of elves throughout the times. Right? Yeah, but I think the Norse ones are some of the oldest, like, incarnations uh-huh. of them that we know about. And at that uh-huh. point, they were dividing them into, like, light elves and dark elves. And uh-huh. 
there was sort of another variant that appeared after that apparently was more like an in-between version. But yeah. I think they just, it's interesting how they spelled them. Like the first one is spelled L-J-O-S-A-L-F-A-R, which ha- kind of has like the, <laughs> the elf part in it. Like elf okay. has A-L-F So there is it. still an elf part. Yeah, and the other I one elf. is- oh, yeah, and the other one is like Duck Alfar, D-O-K-K-A-L-F-A-R, which you're like, oh, okay. okay. GW clearly looked at this when they came up with like their regular Eldar and their Dark Elder. And even now that they've renamed them to Drakari, you're like, oh, that's where the like the D-O-K-K-A-L-F-A-R. It's like, oh, okay, they just the Drukari is kind of like let, a, let's um, let us say that I don't know if they looked at that when they created Eldar and Dark Eldar. I'm not no, sure. No, when they true. recreated the name of the Drukari, you're like, why why I think for that? sure that's true. But remember, mm-hmm. the Dark Elves and the Light Elves are from fantasy, right? Yep. But the, and the fantasy ones mm-hmm. certainly came from Tolkien. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But with their creation, like Tolkien didn't go into like Light Elves and Dark Elves. Like the elves. Or did leave. he? Or did he? Mm-hmm. Did, did he have the, the version of the elves gone bad? So he had a bunch of different versions of elves. So he had the the wood elves and then the ancient elves. And then he had the elves who were like, you know, fucking around and, you know, with humans. And then you have half elves and stuff like that. Uh, And then he had the elves who were twisted from by, who was the big bad guy before Sauron? Morgoth? Mm Mm-hmm. Like the god, not not the not the not angel, Sauron. right? Yeah. yeah, so Sauron, Sauron and Sormon are angels, mm-hmm. right? And then you have the evil god, I think it's Morgoth. And Morgoth takes a bunch of elves and twists them to be evil, and that is the orcs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are dark elves, but I feel like dark elves are not actually from the orcs. Like obviously the orcs are from orcs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. all to say that although there were evil elves i guess you could say in uh in lord of the rings you're right i think the dark elves are not from from them yeah so the whole thing about there being light elves and dark elves like reading through some of the history of them people think that some of the scholars think that the light elves might have been divided into the dark elves at one point just because of like the introduction of Christianity to the area being like, oh no, there's like angels and devils. So you can't just have like this one version of the thing. It's like, no, if it's uh, if, if it's like this mythical creature, it has to be in a dark form or light form. But there before then, it was speculated that there was, or I don't know if it's called speculation, but it was figured that they were probably more just like amorphous, whether they were a good so, force of good. So are these are these Norse? dark elves and light elves are they like the you know just like magical fairy creatures kind of thing or were they like you know or were they more like the the tolkien-esque kind of perfect humans that are just hiding about so they were actually like described as more like the light elves were described as more of like idealistic humans so they were had the proportions of like the tall elves that Tolkien went with and the dark elves that were referred to more as like dwelling underground, which sounds more like dwarves. But mm, they were they actually, describe. that's they actually what happened in, 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? 
Warhammer. I believe the Dark Elves have, I'm not sure, but I think they had an underground city of some sort. Yeah, so so clearly they're going back to that that mm-hmm. part of mythology to get that those ideas. But like I said, they, they were probably just originally one, like more of a, just like a form of spirit. Okay, so so what we're saying is that originally, well, not one of the iconic versions of elves mm-hmm. uh, was actually um, the Tolkien-esque kind of elf. Yeah, like the elves. in terms of how they looked like and everything, maybe not what they did, but mm-hmm. how they looked like. Yeah, like from before a thousand AD, that that was like just around that time. That was the form of elves that were commonly thought about in like the that whole like german norse scandinavian area so that's how they were depicted but then then i guess we get to like the other version of the elves the the elf on the shelf elf yep so like around shakespeare's time like the 1800s he obviously didn't Uh create it but around Uh his time like they'd started moving the idea of elves closer to fairies and they're almost uh-huh. using them interchangeably. Uh-huh. So like in like in Shakespeare's plays when he talks about, I think in, in Midsummer's Night's Dream, they talk uh-huh. he talks about like there's some character who's supposed, I think he's supposed to be like a form of fairy, but he's obviously more human looking because he's got to go into the play. But he uh-huh. talks about the like the fairy summer night king. dream isn't one of the side things about the fairy queen having a tiff with like the fairy king or something like that yeah i think they're i don't think that they're actually in the play but like they're they're talked about in the play like the fairy king oberon and oh sure i thought they are in the play yeah you think man so? it's been a long time since high school <laughs> i've okay. not read it well, anyhow, it's Oberon and Titania are yes. the, the king and queen in Fairyland. But mm-hmm. I thought it was just a tale told by a fairy called Puck, who actually just probably depicted more human-like. But they they kind of in their descriptions, they use like elf and fairy sort of interchangeably in like the poems about them. Uh-huh. So Titania is a cool name, I gotta say. It is. That's it's underused. Oberon. That's not. A, that's 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 not bad either. So I can can read out part of it. Like I guess we have time. This is a podcast. So something yeah. where Puck Puck says like they do square that all their elves for fear creep into acorn cups and hide them there. Further on, the duties imposed by Titania upon her train to the point of their tiny character. Come now, a roundrel and fairy song. Then for the third part of a minute, hence some to kill cankers in the musk robe buds. Some to war with rear mice for their leathern wings to make my smell small elves coats. So they kind of just like use both words in the poems about them interchangeably. Damn, I didn't know we were going to get so literate. We're, we're quoting Shakespeare now on our podcast about miniatures. Um, well, quoting characters out of Shakespeare, not him. But yeah, yes. <laughs> it's them quoting. Something. Like you wrote it. It's this uh-huh. Shakespeare. That's what you. Yeah. So, so I, I don't have the text, but. I think that she she is a main character in 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 it, and she does have speaking lines. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so maybe it's the characters talking about them. Anyhow, 
I think, well, yeah, Puck is definitely, you know, a main character in, in it as well. But I, mm-hmm. I'm pre- I think that they speak. I don't, I can't remember for sure anymore. It's been so long. But yeah, because A Midsummer's Night's Dream was from like around just a bit before 1600. So, mm-hmm. so this, so, so that- the conception of, of Elf has, at least in, in England, has been, uh, either supplanted or is basically grown up maybe the maybe it's a kind of a borrowed word um because you know the idea of fairy folk right like sprites and things like that has been a very very ancient kind of view right you look into any kind of culture they're going to have these kind of like mischievous sprites right to explain you know stuff that's happening in the woods that we don't understand and stuff like that right and so um during that time we we generally apparently called them elves at this point right so at this point mm-hmm. the elf the fairy it's melded together it's basically the same thing we call them that even if are, are we saying that basically elf is a borrowed word from norse yeah it may have just it was yeah it was borrowed from there i guess because it has yeah. it has bits of the, the same the actual elf part comes from mm-hmm. like english but there's like similar looking earlier words in other Okay. Forms. And at that point, is the fairy queen, though, supposed to, to have that Norse kind of like perfect, whatever, supernatural, super, basically superhuman kind of being? Uh, I know we're talking about like the fairy queen. So maybe the queen and the king do, right? I didn't read into it. That. That's, that's back when royalty was, you know, hardcore, right? Everyone, everyone was like, oh, kings and queens, obviously they're better than everyone else. Otherwise, why would they have the divine right? Yeah. So, all right. So, so at this point, we have some sort of division, right? We have this kind of like ancient kind of view of uh, elves, but they're kind of like large, like fairies. But our concept of fairies is also different at that time too, right? Like when you think of a fairy now, you think of Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. right? Like a s- super small, almost like human, like a bird, small, small bird-sized human with wings, with lots of magic and stuff like that, right? But then, if we look at, like you said, Midsummer Night's Dream, these are all of the fairy slash elf creatures are larger, right? They're not supposed to be little dudes with wings running around, right? That you nope. capture into a bottle and then you shake them so that you can get fairy dust and fly, right? That's not the thing yet. Oh, like the, the earliest versions or the... Well, during during that time, right? We're, we're talking mm-hmm. about Midsummer Night's Dream. People would look at this and they're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. This, this is an elf. They wouldn't be confused that they're calling these elves and fairies and mixing them yeah. up, right? Basically, there's basically like a fairy world that all has like small creatures in it. There's not just one thing that lives there, but there's probably a whole bunch of people there. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a whole bunch of different things living in this like other spirit world of sorts. Okay, so we've moved kind of from a more um, perfect, I don't, I don't know, type of, of creature that is a yeah, fantastic kind of almost angelic creature in, in the Norse the, yeah, I think the, the Norse to a more of almost like a mix of what we would consider a fairy today, right? 
Yeah, I think it was almost described as like a form of ancestor worship where there was like a form like the elves in Norse? Yeah, where there's like a form of like humans or I'm trying to remember what they were in the other mythologies. There's just things that things that look like humans, but mm-hmm. predate humans and exist in some other realm and are just a more perfect form of humans. So it sort of it ties into that okay. notion of like ancestor worship and those things like being like before coming before people. Okay. Yeah, there's or like the pre-humans that were just better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we have at that point, you know, this is what, 300 years later or something like that. You have the elves that are, the elf slash fairy that honestly kind of lines up with, you know, b- besides the size, uh, kind of lines up pretty closely with, with uh, the elf that we have today, right? Even though they're called fairies and there's a mixture. Like I feel like Midsummer Night's Dreams uh, fairy fairy queen right Oberon and Titania seem closer to modern day elves than they do modern day fairies yeah or do they I, not of the other type I think the only thing that kind of separates them is that in modern day times when you look at a fairy they are um, independent creatures that uh, magical creatures with lots of power right they're they've kind of both both fairies and elves in the modern modern sense mm-hmm. um are powerful magical kind of mischievous creatures but the elves f- now have some sort of subordinate role to humans nowadays right they're not thought of as powerful or whereas fairies these days are, are thought of as something that, you know, you can't control, that you can't, that you have to watch out for, right? That they have an independence and a, and a strength and an inner independence that the elves of modern day don't necessarily have. Yeah, they're thought of having like magical powers where it, and they can like basically appear and disappear and go through things. Yeah, whereas... but also like you shouldn't mess with a fairy, but like modern day concept of an elf is like if you see an elf you might as well just like and they piss you off just boot them right Mm -hmm. whereas you wouldn't want to do that with a fairy because they're more cavernous they have more more self control or or what do you call it um they have more self-determination than an elf i guess an elf is more like a lower class kind of being when you look at the modern conceptions of elves Mm-hmm. Like you think about the elf on a shelf, you buy it, you put it on a shelf. It's kind of subordinate to you hanging around. You move it around, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas a fairy, the idea that you could put a, an elf on a shelf and it would stay there is ridiculous in some ways. It wouldn't make much sense, right? Because our concept of, an, of a fairy is it does what it wants. Yes. Yeah, that's... The fairy is still like more of a mythical being, whereas elves are a bit less. They're just like a different form of human, almost. In like the, a magical, in the small human that can that we can shake down for cookies and presents oh, yeah. and stuff. That's that's the Santa incarnation, which I think the Santa <laughs> the Santa incarnation of that elf came in like the mid eighteen. Uh, well. Okay, so so I'm skipping ahead. Sorry. All right, so we have the 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 mythological version, right? Not the mythological, mm-hmm. the, the fairy, the fairy elf version, and then we move on to the next version. Yeah, so, well, yes, I guess, well, who knows? I guess they weren't depicted as being that powerful once you start having the elves that are just 
in Santa's workshop, which mm-hmm. I think it's probably a force of advertising that they start being brought more back in. And like advertising just became more popular in like the okay. mid 1800s. So So basically capitalism not only enslaved the masses of humans, but also our conceptions of fairy creatures. Yeah, they became like part of the industrial machine, (laughs) turning out out commercial consumer goods. You think just because you have magic that that's going to you're going to avoid capitalism? No, man, we're going to put that to work. Yeah. So. So, yeah. And there's a. A 19, 1857 poem titled The Wonders of Santa Claus. And one of the lines uh-huh. was, in his house upon the top of the hill, almost out of sight, he keeps a great many elves at work, all working all their might <laughs> to make a million pretty things. <laughs> Cakes, sugar, plums, and toys to fill the stockings hung up, you know, by the little girls and boys. So yes, they, they very ah, So things. he keeps them. So that's the idea of some sort of like, slavery kind of thing for them to create goods and services and a lot of them right he's he's he keeps a lot of elves on hand so you have this kind of like concept that goes where they they become like like in in midsummer night's dream they are basically the lords of the forest right and they're the ones who mess with the humans right because you know the elves slash fairy queen right they're Mm -hmm. having some sort of tiff and because they're having a tiff, they're affecting humans almost like, like as a side thing, right? Sure. It's almost like just just accidentally because you know the humans just are are like it, it, underneath them, right? Whereas when you get to like the 1850s and you know capitalism gets 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 going, right? And we enslave you know not only our people but also the forests. Now the the fairy the the, the elves are now underneath us instead, right? We have supplanted them and put ourselves on top. Well, yeah. When we're living in the woods as an agricultural like agrarian society, the elves are out in the woods. Then we move to an industrial society. The elves are in the workshop. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And there is a switch, though, like they removed the, I don't know, the Capricus nature of that, right? And, and, and put that onto, I guess, the fairies now, right? There's some sort of division where fairies now are the ones that are still out in the woods, right? And now, like, the elves are the ones that moved in and, and, and subordinate, subordinated themselves to us. Yeah. Some, yeah, basically, to our, that's how they exist in the culture okay. at that point. All right, so then not not that much longer than we have Tolkien, right? Yeah, because he came out with The Hobbit in 1937. And then, All right. like, then he did yeah. the Lord of the Rings novels like around 1954, 1955. Okay, so that's quite a, quite a bit longer than, than the poem that you recited, right? 70 years or something like that. But mm-hmm. at that point, basically elves have already been subordinated, right? When you think about elves, you see a lot of, of paintings of the early 1920s and stuff like that. Elves are these little cute kind of creatures, almost like gnomes or any of these kind of other things, right? That are kind of just, you know, fun to see, right? Mm. But mostly harmless, right? They're not something to be feared like uh, Titania and Oberon were in Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, they're at most just kind of annoying, but mostly they're just helpful as they make your make your stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they look mostly like children at this point. They've kind of taken, instead of looking like a grand perfect human, they've kind of changed to look like harmless children at this point. Yeah. Like the, the men have like 
beards, but like they're all small and childlike, just like yeah, guys have beards. Yeah, so not something to fear, right? Mm-hmm. All right, and then Tolkien comes. Yeah, so I'm. I guess I guess he wanted to go for throwbacks on everything, and uh-huh. didn't want to like keep the current culture going. So it seems like from our talk that he actually went went back like a thousand years. He he threw the he threw the elf lore back like a good thousand years. Uh-huh. And now we've and got took this, it like, into this kind of idea of like back. So so what you're saying is that Tolkien. <laughs> So, so over the years, elves have become like, you know, just like kind of dainty creatures, even less, more, less and less threatening, less and less important, less and less interesting and powerful and, and majestic to almost be like caricatures. And then Tolkien comes and he's like, man, I really like the elves of the, you know, the ancient fairy worlds or, or, or of, even of Shakespeare's time. I'm going to go take things way well, no, back. before Shakespeare. He's going way back before Shakespeare. Shakespeare had had still miniature elves. Are Oberon and Titania supposed to be small? According to how they're talking about making like little tiny clothes for their, their people. Oh. And, li- and being in like living in acorns. Yes. Well, they live in acorns. But, but they obviously have magical powers because obviously no one would care about them. Like they had more, like yeah. in those tales, in the Shakespeare uh, era, they they're small powers. but powerful. Yes, but and there were more just like lined up with the fairies. They were less distinguished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you go. So then you go back. He, so so Tolkien is like, man, these new elves. Well, the elves these days are not nothing like the elves that I look at when I look at my historical artifacts, right? Or or or, or things. So he goes and he creates his kind of. Um, he creates his lore, right? Brings in elves. And it looks like when you look at, you know, he was he was a, a linguist, right? And, and basically it sounds like he he decided to to flesh out his world for to allow him to write the perfect language according to to, to his ears, right? Which is, I guess, the ideal language. I don't think perfect is the right word for him right which is the elf language right yep so to him elves were at least in terms of the history and the story were like the main thing right yeah in his world yeah they're the main i don't know if they're the main thing but well yeah the world kind of started with them and then it sort of moved to humans afterwards yeah, but you look at like the movers and shakers of this history, right? Where mm-hmm. are the elves placed? They are placed, you know, the, I guess that's that's the thing, right? It's like the ancient world and, and you're moving into the age of men. And the, the previous time is basically the age of the elves, where the elves are the movers and shakers. They're the most powerful. They have the most um, sway over things. Like all of the cool stuff is like elven. <laughs> You know, yeah, the elven rings and, you know, the, the, the one ring is written in elvish. Sorry? Yeah, the dwarves just have the mountains and the dragons are super powerful, but they don't care to like rule the world. They just want some hordes of treasure. Yeah. And so, and the fact that, you know, J.R.L. Tolkien, you know, is writing all this so that he can write the backstory for his language that he creates, he created. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're like front and center. 
And like you said, I think, you, you, like you were saying before, there was some sort of ancient hero worship for those ancient uh, Norse elves. Um, it looks like Tolkien basically went backwards and pulled those that, that conception of elf to the forefront. So what is, I guess, I think everyone kind of knows, but what is a Tolkien-esque elf? Oh, just like the tall, pale-skinned, fair-haired, like youthful-looking, eternal version of a person. Perfect person. Superior in every way. From, to from, a the, human. Nord, from the Nordic from the Nordic view, yes. Yeah, superior. Well, they're they're aren't they like tall, more intelligent, faster, stronger, everything like that? Mm-hmm. Um, more wise. Mm-hmm. When you look at, at his world, uh, and then you have like even after that, you have the ancient men, right? Who are like of is it Numenorians, right? In Tolkien, I believe, I, apparently someone just told me recently that the Numenorians are partially Elven, like they have Elven blood, right? And Aragorn has been, is, is like from that lineage and he has Elven blood, which is why he's so superior to all the normal men. All right. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back and read all the books, but maybe when the one ring show comes out, if they'll tell us, they're like, Oh yeah, Aragorn is great. And he can live a long time because he's got some of that superior elf genetics. Yeah. They'll they'll explain all the. So I think, I think the the way we're telling it up, up until that point uh, there, you, there's an argument to say that far be it from, from Tolkien, uh, coming in and ruining elves, you could say that he restored elves to their greatness that they had from ancient history. Yeah, I guess. But like in every other time, the elves kind of fit in with like how hum- people, how like civilization perceived the world as like mm-hmm. elves were sort of a like a force that existed within the world. But now, mm-hmm. like I don't know, have they have they really evolved for our time? Mm, I think that's an interesting point is that the ancient elves, right, in, in our ancient mythologies were thought of with the frame of reference being humans, mm-hmm. right? Elves are things that humans interact with and know about, right, and learn about. Whereas when Tolkien wrote elves, right, he, he you know, tried to write these, you know, new beings, perfect kind of beings that, that are have taken a lot from you know your ancient Norse uh, elven conceptions but when he wrote the backstory to the Lord of the Rings right and Middle Earth it was in the frame of reference of the elves right he's trying to write this history of the elves so that he can make sense of the language that they start speaking of right speaking Mm -hmm. about and and how that language would change from the history of, of of these elves so when he write, writes about the elves, he's not writing them as just like, oh, these are some fairy creatures that are out there, right? He's saying, no, these are basically the humans, right? These are the humans I want to write a history about, right? And human, not in the like genetic human kind of concept, but as like a person, right? Like how we, we would conceive ourselves, right? Like a, a human kind of being, someone who has like culture and everything like that, where we center ourselves. That is what he was writing that's how he wrote about elves Mm -hmm. so even though he's taking from this ancient concept the way that he builds them up and he talks about them and he he fleshes them out is in 
intrinsically different, I think, from how we would have thought about them in, you know, in more ancient times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe not. I'm bullshitting, but. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the previous versions. They're basically like something that fits in with the religion of the day. Yeah. Like it fits in as a, as a other culture, but in the frame of reference of humans being the center, whereas Tolkien is framing his world with the center being the elves. I'm just thinking that maybe the elves will make like another step in their evolution. And that now that we think about like post-humanism and like people like, defying like having technology to defy age or becoming like partially cybernetic so you're more intelligent than other people maybe elves in like the future incarnation will move on to just be like oh they're the they're like the cybernetically enhanced humans so our religion that if our society becomes obsessed with that idea maybe the elves will morph into that as something that doesn't exist yet if they follow the same if the elves follow the same train where they move along with the like the zeitgeist of the day so the future will get reflected. So, so we have this post-human kind of divide in terms of thinking about, you know, where is humanity going and, and, and what, what, how are we going to handle these two different types of, you know, has and have nots kind of idea, right? Where you, you can improve yourself to be beyond human, right? And then you're saying that that science fiction kind of idea, those science fiction ideas are going to be reflected into fantasy, even though in fantasy, you're not going to have that kind of same kind of cybernetic, I guess, framing the, Mm -hmm. the general uh, ideas and story, story beats and story points are going to be reflected in the elves where the elves have that same kind of, you know, superior being, idea right yeah because i mean everyone's done it to them before so maybe it's going to get done again like it's probably not in our lifetimes but you know maybe a hundred years from now i think i think well if you're talking about just the story beats and the ideas Mm. i think it's already happening it's true yeah because there needs to be some sort of like some Mm -hmm. species out there or creature that that like has those story ideas like we have cyborgs but people don't really like the cyborgs are just You're machines. not going to have a cyborg in a fantasy story, are you? I guess you oh, could. Man. People just put in magic now. Mm-hmm. Like when people go in modern stories, they just, they have technology, but instead of making it technology, like, like electronics and stuff, they just shove in magic in, in that spot. And it's exactly the same thing because, you know, people growing up these days, they live, we live in an advanced world. It's weird not to have a phone and a gun. Yeah, I was just thinking like the future, the next version of elves, they may all just be psychically connected. It's like, why would one not know what the other is? Why wouldn't they just yeah, be able to they talk? they just to use magic remotely? to talk. Yeah. And then you can have a stone, right? A lodestone that allows you to talk with the elves, which is basically just a, and it can, it can remember everything from the elven civilization and you can hold it and then it presents images into your brain. It was basically a phone with the internet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So maybe like maybe call Tolkien, up anyone with a lodestone. So maybe Tolkien moved us towards that. Maybe he's just like an in between. And they could pull out your other like special bow that shoots itself, the magical bow that shoots itself, and it <laughs> creates small explosions to shoot shoot the arrows super in a super powerful way. Um, yeah, so 
I think though, this is kind of, um, I think one of those, those things with, with cybernetics and with like post-humans and stuff like that, I think there's something that we kind of skipped over. And I think in terms of elves and the way that we have, it has kind of modified our view in terms of fantasy um, is that when we look before that, right, even the elves were a separate race, right? separate beings not even a race right you don't think of of fairies as a different race of of you know human like culture right no, they, you they thought of even, them as just different beings they weren't even like right? earth dwellers necessarily they were like yeah exactly they're they're not you know these these uh, these old elves and i think fairies that kind of concept mm-hmm. was not they were not human yeah, so maybe you didn't, you didn't think of them as peers, right? But this is the thing that kind of happened in Tolkien, where he separated these different kind of groups of, of beings, different races, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they interacted as peers or near peers, right? And it becomes very weird when you have different peer, peer races, right? Uh, different races interacting where some of these races have some sort of like basically genetic racial superiority right and so i think it's one thing when you have fairies which are or are an entirely different creature just like you'd have dragons or things like that right in in a lot of our kind of stories or cyclops and things like that right it's another when you get to the world of tolkien where these races basically act like different nations in the like world. A parallel society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, parallel societies that are nations. They're not just like a dragon that flies around, right? That is some other great being, right? They are entire nations and societies that are just because of their, their racial makeup are superior in, in every way, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if by treating the elves and also the dwarves and all these kind of thing as different races in the world of uh, of uh, Middle Earth, he introduced racial allegory into these traditionally just fey creatures, right? Instead of being by centering the world on these creatures, he made them all human. Yeah, because so even like, now even dwarves didn't live in like people's area, like in people land. They lived in the mines. They weren't competing with people yeah. for territory resources or whatever. Yeah, they became a kind of like fey kind of creature, right? Mm-hmm. But then when they start interacting, they start trading, they're basically just different nations, right? But with different racial makeups. And that is a direct allegory to different nations with different races, right? So oh, yeah, like, you have I don't know yep. if you watched the movie Bright that had Will Smith in it, but it basically took uh, that into modern day. That sounds where terrible. The, where the elves just treated humans as an underclass of like workers, just as slave Yeah, labor. and then they kind of have, it was, a, I didn't watch it. I watched like clips of it and stuff like that. It seemed a bit weird where you had human races, but you also had orcs, too. like orcs and everything, different races and I don't know if it, it didn't make sense, honestly. 
Sure. It didn't, it, it, I don't think it handled race in a very good way. I think it was ham-handed and, and didn't really understand what it was talking about, in my opinion. No, it just took all the most negative aspects of relate race relations <laughs> and put them at the forefront. Yeah, but it, then it also like had a parallel, they actually still had race, a human race, and then mm-hmm. they put them together. How does that even make sense? It, it was not a fully fleshed out world. It didn't make sense. And so therefore it had this flawed view, I think, in my opinion. Of, well, I didn't watch it actually. I just watched clips. But it didn't seem to have a very good view of humans? race, even though the entire thing was talking about race. It's terrible. The humans are just better than the elves. The, hum- the elves are just better <laughs> than the humans. Why would the elves want to live around filthy humans? Like, I don't, why would they? I guess there is some sort of class kind of argument there. They live in their, they live in their gated communities. Yeah, and they're just better. Yeah. Um, so, but but that's the kind of thing I feel like whether or not Tolkien meant to, I think by doing that he added a lot of, I don't know what you call it, racism, into our fantasy. Mm-hmm. Where I think before that, I don't know if that's exactly true, but like when you had these fake creatures as being separate, otherworldly beings that are not human, um, they could not there you could say it's more shallow but or divided so you cannot map on fairies into different races right you can't map that on to let's say you know the 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 german empire or the african african uh nations or or chinese right you can't map them it doesn't map right because they're just otherworldly beings that are different entirely different creatures but once they're starting to interact in that way you can directly map them to different races. And then you have to confront the idea that you made your elves just genetically, whatever, superior in almost every single way to the humans who are capricious and like stupid and like, and, and petty. And then you also, although technically he still did have the, um, you know, all of the nations to the East who, who for some reason directly fall to the evil angel, right? To Sauron. Mm-hmm. So you have the North, the Northmen, right? The men, right? Who are who are all good, despite you know possibly being able to fall to evil. But of course, all the Eastern humans, oh, they obviously will all fall to being evil. Oh, and you know the best humans are the Numenorians, who were in an island. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, okay, sure. I like. I'm sure he didn't think about it consciously, but definitely subconsciously. He had some. Uh... Oh, he drew. He drew some maps. He knew where. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like he drew the maps first, and he's like, uh, "No one cares," because <laughs> no. I don't think like talking about racism was as big of a deal back then. Mm-hmm. There's Britain, then there's the uncivilized people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um... <laughs> I feel like at the time, it, it probably in some ways could be, at least at least he didn't make them orcs. Mm-hmm. He said, no, 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 there are people. They just turned, they just, you know, following evil people, that's all. And mm-hmm. just fell to evil. That's the difference, right? Yeah, they didn't turn into And orcs. sure, just the perfect people are the, like, super tall, white, white skinned, you know, kind of people who, who, who helped make sure this area of humanity is perfect or survives and, and, and stays good. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we still have time to create a new vision of elves and like 
Tolkien's version of elves may only exist for like a hundred out of like a, a thousand years of elf history. Okay. So I, I, I don't know. I think, I think we talked a lot about, you know, where elves have, have come and gone. And, and I think one major issue with elves becoming a real race, right? We haven't talked about miniature gaming at all. Are we going to, or basically just skip over that? Miniature games looked at Tolkien, they copied Tolkien. <laughs> and so I think in some ways it makes more sense though, in terms of miniature games to, to have, or, or, or any kind of games to have these kind of different races just to make things interesting, right? Yeah, because everybody kind of likes playing with things that look humanish. I know people that go, but I kind don't. But like when they do the, when the games companies do the polling of what sells, the human size things sell the most. So if you're a special snowflake and you don't like, you're like, I yeah. like the aliens, which I like too, but you know, the sales numbers say that people want their toys to look vaguely like them. Yep. Human and then elf and then dwarves because they don't, they look less human, mm-hmm. right? They don't actually look like real dwarves. Yeah. And then orcs, more green, green yeah, skin. They, they look like, yeah, or orcs or whatever, right? So yeah, they, they sell less good. Um, so I think, um, do you think that in terms of our games that it makes sense to have these kind of elves with a kind of superior edge? Honestly, for me, it kind of bugs me for the kind of racial ideas in general. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I like the, the dark elder in 40K because they live in a totally separate like webway area. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. They have their, they don't exist on, like, they don't care about the Imperium of Man. They, mm-hmm. They're basically a being that exists somewhere else and have a totally different culture and everything else. So I'm cool with them, but like the regular elder. Just... I feel like in some ways, though, I can forgive a lot of, like, I can forgive a lot of these kind of edgy issues in Warhammer 40,000. And in some ways, not even just forgive it, kind of like it because everything is supposed to be effed up in 40k everyone's supposed to fight <laughs> so, everyone else so 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 you fact you have the fact that people are super racist and are terrible in 40k that like totally fits right the main characters space marines are a bunch of like super religious neo-fascist fanatics right warrior mm. monks like that's your main characters so yeah sure they're super racist like we all know they're sexist right mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> why not be racist it, besides the fact that you end up getting uh, people like neo-nazis coming and coming to your games and stuff like that um it can be fun as long as you keep that separation to me though i think the issue with tolkien is more about like the general fluff and everything like that and the story uh, and the normalization of of creating these direct racial allegories and how that reflects on you know people's views about race and 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 the idea of superior races and things like that, which I am not too fond of. Mm. Well, and, and it just ruined the whole like spirit world thing. It's like, oh, that doesn't exist. There's only the real, there's only okay. the main world. Yeah. So this is this is the other thing. So I think we've gone through it and we're like, you know, Tolkien is fine, besides the racial kind of component. But if you were to go forward, what would you want? What is your ideal view of an elf? I think they should Do you think pushed. that it's good that they have like I don't know a bunch of race of race of elves that are 
superior and can also interbreed with humans, which is a little no, bit weird. No, but... they should be entirely separated from humans again and separated from human land. Okay. We've got to put them into cyberspace and they've got a real <laughs> cyberspace. But do you think that they should be like, I guess that's the kind of thing. Like, are we trying to make them more alien now again? I don't know if we will, but we think we should. You think that but, is a better co- concept of elves, where elves are now like not just another type of just superior human, but uh, they're spirit force, not a. They're more they're they're connected spirit, to spirit world, not connected to our world. Yeah. Okay. Then you think that's what what makes it generally better? Does it just make them more cool? And like the issue with the current elves is like, why even have them if they're not significantly different and they they don't have some different concepts? Yeah, they just they just don't offer anything at that point. So you're so you would say like the modern concept of Tolkien-esque elves is like why even make them elves? Yeah, because I guess the elves would this be is like actually kind of yeah the thing that I think yeah why even make them elves? Yeah, exactly. Like, why why aren't they just like proto-humans or whatever? The better proto-humans. What's the difference? Or just like, I guess in a modern kind of context maybe they would just be humans who have access to a magic that allows them to live a thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. You essentially have the same kind of thing, but if you do, if you have that kind of setting where it's not just like, oh, they're all just born that way and they're all just better. Um, and anyone, any child of theirs is going to be just better than any human child, <laughs> even if they end up, you know, uh, getting down with the human, slumming it. Um, that might be the direction you could get the same concept with just adding magic right that's the kind of thing like you you don't you can avoid the entire kind of what do you call it like racial superiority kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i i don't know what you i agree i kind of and then you can get all of the everything else you're we're saying right like in some ways it actually even makes more sense in, in the world right we are saying that humans if humans can have children with elves, are they really a different species? Yeah. Yeah, and like, anyways. And the Norse thing... I think something. it does make more, more sense for, with the current elves, current concept of elves, just being humans with, I don't know, who, who sat in magic and just absorbed the magic. And the magic is the thing that makes them, I don't know, have pointy ears for some stupid reason. And live super long. Mm-hmm. And fits in with modern sensibilities. And then you would take the elves and you would say, move the magical kind of uh, you know, different race portion and just go all in and make them fairies, basically. Yeah, let the fairies have all of that. Yeah. Which is... And then just have fairies as be a, a different thing. I think yeah, maybe the we, issue is that fairies are not tall, so people don't like them when fairies are only six inches tall. No, well, maybe we just need to put them as like the AI avatar on our phones because we're like, uh, ah, can we be represented so large on our phone? I guess we'll put the fairies into our phones. I'm sorry, I'm I'm not following you there. It's a, it's, a, it's your AI, your AI avatars that exist on your phones. And then know more than you, because once if we start making AI and it talks to you, it's like, yeah, it's just a fairy that's in your phone. Ah, kind of like a like a demon. Yes. Something that runs or runs, you know, a, a behind the scenes process. Yeah. 
Yeah. So wait, when you were talking about the elves and the fairies, then you're you were talking about actually where, where like in the future where fantasy is now just like not 2020 tech. You know how like we've talked before about how modern fantasy is skewing more towards Victorian times than medieval times because medieval times is too far back for like people to truly understand. That's why you have lodestones and magic that, that fulfills the technological aspects. That's why you have guns and stuff like that, because it's so much harder for the modern sensibilities to understand like what, what the world is like without these kind of modern concepts. Yeah. Or these modern technologies. The modern conveniences. Like, yeah, you can yeah. communicate with people. You just have to send the carrier pigeon, whatever. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like medieval times, just a little bit too far. And so, mm-hmm. um, so you're saying that in another hundred years, 1980s is going to be like fantasy, wherever. <laughs> Instead of Victorian times, it's just like, yeah, everyone just runs around with phones. Oh my God. You have to go and talk. You have to pick up a device and then, and use that to talk with people. You can't just like automatically jack in and like send your whatever request to the other person directly into their mind. Yeah. It's basically on the level of a slate tablet. It's the same thing. And you're like, really? You're not, your mind is not distributed into five different computers. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Really? You're one flesh bag. Gross. Yeah, well, well, we'll see if fairies. And at make... that time, fairies will just be ghosts in the machine. Yeah, because we'll need a new religion that fits that time and new beings that fit the, the well, body. We will be new beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess if that happens, then, then then that makes sense. But if we were to have the more traditional medieval fantasy, because there's definitely something visceral about that kind of time the elves splitting them into magical humans and uh, fairy elves. So more like the Midsummer Night's Dream elves mm-hmm. feels like better to you. Feels like it's a more of a fit for modern times and modern storytelling. Yeah, I think so. It's just Tolkien ignored the fairies for the most part. That's true, actually. There are no fairies in Tolkien's world, are there? No, there's no. That's so weird. That's totally right. It's definitely, fairies are definitely missing, and it does make the world seem weird a bit. Like, yeah, when you think brain. about normal fantasy stories, when, you, when, you, when I think about my fairy tales, they're mm-hmm. all about, you know, fairy creatures, leprechauns, whatever, all this kind of stuff happening, right? Mm-hmm. And, but apparently that was like the 1800s version as we discussed like before that i guess they were going full scale so yeah so maybe it's so really maybe it's just an aesthetic there's also yeah he's just going for the more whatever old norse aesthetic as opposed to the the fairy creatures that i grew up with which i enjoy a lot more mm-hmm. i think it's because i watched more disney I grew up on Disney, not uh, J.R.L. Tolkien, maybe. Yep, and not 1800s stuff either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually read a lot of like uh, storybooks from, you know, Hans Christian Andersen kind of stories translated and stuff like that. So yeah, it's true. Those those would be following the same line of the fantasy. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of fairy needs to have 
have a more of a private presence in our uh, modern concepts of fantasy. So actually, I, I guess what it comes down to is that I don't think Tolkien ruined elves. I think the problem was really that he had such a strong version of elves that, you know, came from a, an ancient source that he pushed out a lot of the fairy creatures and other concepts of elves that I really enjoyed from mm-hmm. our, our, from our, not only our, our books and stuff like that in literature, but our games and everything like that. He pushed all of those concepts to the side. And I feel like that's a rich kind of, different types of fey creatures that we could really use in modern fantasy a lot more of yeah because like metro games go to all sorts of sources for fluff but they don't seem to have recaptured that in any like mainstream game so uh, i think basically it's only linked linked when it's called legend of zelda hmm. capture fairies and then for some reason when you die the the fairy will escape and then heal you for some reason i feel yeah. like if i wasn't one of those fairies from legend of zelda and and you know link died i would pop out and then kick link in the balls and then leave like why would he heal you or maybe that's what actually the fairy is doing they just don't understand that if you kick a dead body in the balls they, they bring them back to life <laughs> yeah it's accidental <laughs> so yeah i think a lot more of those kind of fake creatures would do a lot lot better in there's, there's a, a larger empty, it's a larger space that is, I think, because Tolkien was so strong, he kind of held back a lot of that uh, from entering, you know, all of this this kind of fantasy space in pop culture. Yeah, and I need, think, yeah, need more OG form of paganism back. Yeah, man, it's great. All right, so anything else you want to go over? No, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we can incorporate it into a game. Maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you guys uh, have any thoughts about elves uh, and uh, maybe some stuff about how fake creatures are, are underrepresented in in uh, the gaming space or just in fantasy in general, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you uh, give us a shout? Uh, you can email us at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, or- Find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything, or let us know what your, your thoughts are on Dice Over Everything group. All right. This has been Ellen. It's been Brandon. Bye.